Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For decades, he's been the king of Memphis. It's good to be king of your own little town. You want to see the king? You think anybody would pay to come down and see a sawed-off runt, bug-eyed Bill Dundee? No, they come to see me, baby. King of them all, right here it is, baby. The greatest wrestler that ever lived and ever will step into a ring. You're looking at him, and I am the champion. And you may be familiar with his work in WWE, too. I'll show you who the real king of the World Wrestling Federation is. It's the most electrifying move. It's Sports Entertainment today. Oh, the people that won. For 50 years, he's been known all over the world as one of wrestling's biggest stars. And now, he's decided to share all of his favorite stories from his 50 years in wrestling with you. Tell me a story. Why don't you put your false teeth in backward and eat yourself to death? (laughs) Oh, that's one of my favorites. This is the Jerry Lawler Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Jerry Lawler Show. Thank you so much for the download. My name is Sean Reedy. As always, just to get out of the way early, you can follow us on Twitter at Lawler Show. You can follow the King at Jerry Lawler. We have a fantastic guest today who will be appearing at that 50th anniversary show coming up on September 26th. And uh, I'm so excited about this guest today. I'm going to hand it over to the King and let him do the introduction. Jerry, can you introduce us to our guest today? Welcome back to another edition of the Jerry Lawler Show. And uh, this is becoming my favorite podcast of all the podcasts that I listen to. What about you, Sean? <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> Actually, this is the only podcast that I listen to, but maybe that's the reason why. But today is going to be something really, really special. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited about our guest. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, it's not one of those things where he needs no introduction, but uh, uh, he, he really needs no introduction. We've got with us the incomparable a superstar of one of the biggest named superstars of all time. Lex Luger is here with us today. Lex, are you on the line? I am. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for being here. You know, I told Sean when we started doing this uh, podcast, I hate to I hate to call people and friends and, and coworkers and, and other superstars and, and impose on them and ask them to take – time out of their busy schedules and be on this podcast but um we got something in common that's coming up here at the end of september that i just i couldn't help i had to call you and ask you because i'm so excited that uh, you've agreed to be at uh well this is it's hard for me to say my 50th anniversary 50 years in the wrestling business uh and we're going to have a big show in jackson tennessee september 26th and you're one of the superstars that's going to be on hand. I'm so excited about that, Lex. Well, I'm excited, too. I'm really, really honored to be there, actually, Jerry. And um, I'm uh, never too busy and uh, these days. And I'm, it's uh, not an imposition at all for me to be in your show. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you invited me on because I really am truly excited. You have no idea. I've never told you, so you wouldn't have any idea 
the profound Uh-oh. influence you had on me getting into wrestling and even becoming a pro wrestler. I, me, I had an influence on you getting into wrestling. How was that? Huge. Well, to make a long story short, I played football one year in the United States Football League back in the almost mid-80s for the Memphis Showboats and Pepper Rogers. Oh, my and gosh. Everywhere I went in Memphis, all I heard about was the was Jerry the King Lawler, the king. I go, who is this guy? And Because I was a big guy. No one asked me if I was a football player. Everybody asked me if I was a pro wrestler. I go, I'm not a pro wrestler. I'm a football player. But, Jerry, <laughs> that planted a seed in me to look into the pro wrestling. And within a year and a half later, I was in uh, – I made my debut as a pro wrestler. So, really, I mean, me being in Memphis and the – immense influence you had that area really planted a seed of interest for me. I didn't grow up watching wrestling and that really led me to look into it and led me into becoming a professional wrestler. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm literally in shock hearing that. Uh, and then, and then Jerry, you won't one mother caveat to that. After I'd been wrestling for a number of years, I sustained a near fatal motorcycle wreck and you probably, Maybe not even remember this. You might. Uh, Vince McMahon, when I made the switch from WCW, like in '92 or three, into WWF, I had a, a near fatal motorcycle wreck. I hadn't wrestled yet or debuted for WWF at the time. WWE now, and they sent me to wrestle with you for a match to see if I was uh, kind of get things going again because I hadn't had a match in over uh, almost two years. I was so nervous because I had a really bad arm injury. I wasn't sure. I was very unsure of myself. And you were so good in the ring that night. You even called a press slam, which really made me nervous because the main injury, they almost amputated my arm. I said, I don't know if I can do a press slam yet. And you went up like a feather. And after that match with you, I embarked in my career. But that was a huge um, factor in me getting my confidence back in the ring. I never really got to thank you properly for that. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I, I do, of course, remember the match that was in 93. I think it was, uh, it was a tag match, wasn't it? It was, it was, uh, no, it was a singles match. I, I think I, I could be wrong. Your memory's well, probably better than mine. Well, no, but definitely it's not. That's Trust why me. you're celebrating your 50th year in the ring. Your memory's way better than mine. Well, I do know that I do remember that in 93, uh, you and I were involved in a match. It was me and Jeff Jarrett against you and my son, Brian. Okay, that's it. You're right. There you and, go. February the, 22nd, 93. So before you got back oh, wow. with WWE. Sean, you're on top of it, buddy. Well, you know, they have a site called ProWrestlingHistory.com that makes it easy. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that, was, so that was your that was your first match back after, I mean, even before you went to WWE, that was your first match back oh, after. Oh, yeah. I was so nervous, Jerry. And you, when you called a press slam, my stomach almost dropped out. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah, because I wasn't sure about my arm. I had a steel plate in there. I had two bones sticking out from the carbide. They were going to amputate it. I go, press slam. I don't know if I can do that. You went up like a feather. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was so relieved. Oh, my gosh. Well, that that is yeah. awesome. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, a, that's a great memory, and it brings back. I remember 
I now when when you're talking about it, I remember the the interviews that we did. As a matter of fact, I saw them on YouTube just not too long ago. That uh, you know you were standing out there with uh, with my son Brian, and uh, we, you know we were talking about you being like the the total package and talking about your looks and the fabulous perfect body and the face and all of that sort of stuff. And then and then in the match, if you remember, uh, I think um, I I was I can't remember. I was trying to burn you. And and you moved out of the way, and I I burned Brian, I believe, or something like that with the That's throw, right. throw fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I remember the. I saw. Hey, I saw an interview recently too. For some reason, that's crazy how that works. But before I was even knowing, I was I had the honor of being at your fiftieth uh, celebration there in Jackson, Tennessee, and I saw the interview. And you, I was acting all cocky, like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You'd play the the role of the of the real veteran, you then you showed me you uh, finished your interview and they showed a little. You, you said, let's, "Let's see this little clip here." You showed me like they showed you lighting people on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that was great. I remember that. Yeah, it's coming all back now. That and then, you, then you came back again. You were you were there on a night that that really made I feel like really made history. Um, not only in in Memphis, but in the wrestling world in general, because you were back in Memphis on a special card where Vince McMahon was came all the way down to Memphis. He would never do something like that in that at that time. Vince came down to Memphis, and that was the start of him becoming a heel in in the WWE. He came down to Memphis and and was um, you, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> were going against Yokozuna. And then Vince was mm-hmm. there as I, who was I going against, Sean? We were talking about it. The illustrious Paul Neighbors. <clears throat> yeah, he was the one. Paul Neighbors was our referee, and Paul had, I felt like, screwed me in the match against, that I'd had against Bret Hart. And, and so all of a sudden, Vince came down to be in Paul Neighbors' corner, and the interviews and the things that Vince did and made for that show in Memphis was the start of him becoming a heel. Before that, he had just done nothing but just commentating in WWE. Wow, we're, we're digging up some real nuggets here, aren't we? <laughs> we are, yeah. Wow, you, that is great. It's so funny because somewhere along the line, um, once you had started wrestling, uh, you know, of course, I, I lived and stayed all the time in Memphis, and Pepper Rogers, I had a, I had a, I had a show that was on every Sunday, the Jerry Lawler show, and I remember having Pepper Rogers on my show. He was on there a lot because Pepper was a funny guy, and he was really loved oh, in Memphis. Was. Yeah, he was really loved in Memphis, and he he told me one time he said, "I love being on your show, Jerry, because uh, no matter how I dress, I'm always dressed better than you, and I don't have to dress up at all." So. <laughs> So that sounds uh, but, like Pepper Rogers. Yeah, and then here's another thing you're going to re- remember him by because one, one day when he was on the show, uh, he he didn't realize that you had become a professional wrestler, and um, mm. I, I told him uh, this was early on. This was like in the you know um, uh, early '90s, and and, and right. I told Pepper, I said, "Hey, a, a guy that used to play for you is is starting is starting wrestling now." Lex Luger, and of course he said, uh, and I, we said your real name, Larry, and, and he said, oh my gosh, well that's going to be a perfect profession for him because when he was a football player, all he did was hold. 
that's right on. That, that, and that sounds like Pepper. He was a great guy to play for. I love that guy. Oh, I know. Oh, he, you know. You know, Pepper just passed away not long ago. And, uh, I saw that. But he was a he was a real, really well-known and well-loved guy in, in Memphis. Personality what, plus. What year did you what year did you play football there in Memphis? Um, it was eighty four or eighty five, I think. Pretty yeah, late, almost right before I got into wrestling. I'll be darned. We had Reggie White on the team. We had some really good players on that team. I wasn't one of them, but we had some good players on the team. Really good. <laughs> well, you know Reggie White. Uh, Reggie White was a big wrestling fan as well. Uh, Reggie got oh, yeah. involved. Reggie got involved with our wrestling, and he he actually refereed. And and, and it's funny because it was so um, uh, I don't know ironic when you, when I think back about it. Um, Reggie was refereeing one of my matches, and we talked. We were talking in, during the match, and I said Reggie's going to be so easy. He was real nervous, and of course he's a huge guy, and just a, but what a great uh, likable guy. And and I said, oh, yeah. don't be nervous. You did. I said the. The best thing that a referee can do is just kind of stay out of the way. We got some special spots for you and everything, but just, hey, while we're in there doing the ring, just get over in the corner and you can just stand in the corner and watch us. And, uh, he said, well, I, I don't want to, I swear I'll never forget. He said, I can't be still very long. I can't just stand in the corner for very long or I may fall asleep. <laughs> and I, and oh my I, gosh. Yeah. And, and you know, he had that. What, what do you call that? Narcolepsy? Yeah. Nar- yep. Yep, and I think that's basically that's basically what uh, that contributed to the death of Reggie White. But yeah, he told me at that time that was the first I'd ever even heard of it. And he said, "Yeah, I, if I just stand still or anything," he said, "I I don't know what happens." He said, "I just fall asleep." Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, he was a super nice guy. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Jerry Lawler Show. All right, well, let's move on. You, 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 made, it, you made it on into the... Uh, after after that match in Memphis, man, you became the, the you became the total package up in uh, WWE, right? Yep, I did the Narcissus, I did the Les Express, Red, White, and Blue. I went back to the Monday Night Wars and had a a fifth. I only had, which is minute compared to you, Jerry, with the big fiftieth uh, anniversary longevity celebration coming up. Uh, but uh, I, I had a fifteen year career from eighty six. To 01, and I, I got to participate in those Monday Night Wars in the late 90s. So I had a, I was, I broke in with the Four Horsemen. And then I had a, a nice, a nice run with the Lex Express and Narcissus and WB. And I was able to go back and be a, a integral part of the Monday Night Wars from like 95 until uh, 01. So I enjoyed a really a great period of pro wrestling for sure. I look back on it very fondly. Oh man, you, you nothing did like that. yours though. Hey, no, by the no. way, I googled. Gary, a little note. You maybe you guys don't know this. I I, I looked up before I, I took the call. I go fifty years ago. That's got to be up there as, as for longevity in wrestling. That's amazing. And I thought I might see you, maybe Flair or something. But you just you you only broke into you're only going to be breaking into the top ten of all time in longevity. You're going to displace Dominic Danucci as number oh, wow. as number ten. 
You'll be tied. You'll be tied with Ox Baker for fifty years. Oh my gosh, Ox Baker was one of my all-time favorite heels. He had the he had the perfect face for a bad guy. I'll, I'll never forget uh, Ox Baker. And then I didn't get to work with him early on, but I did get to uh, uh, work with him later on and 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 meet him and become friends with him. I I used to uh, text with Ox Baker right you know before he died there. For a long time, but who who are some of the other guys that are that are on that list? Okay, go have fun with this. Number eight, you have to talk him into retiring. Is Terry Funk? <laughs> Fifty years. Number seven oh, is Terry. So, so how many years has okay, Terry Funk ahead. been in? Oh, go ahead, Jerry. No, I was saying, does it say how many years Terry Funk has been in? Fifty-two. So you got to get him to retire to catch up to pass him by. Got to talk oh, him into cool. it. Good luck. <laughs> no kidding. And who else? Then who? Who's more Number than number seven? Is a tie. Milk Mascaris in Exotic Adrian Street, fifty-three years each. Wow. Then number six, <laughs> those Funk brothers. You got to talk to both of them. <laughs> Dory Funk is number six at fifty-four years, and he still wrestles once in a while. So you got to talk him into retiring. And you know he's going to be on the. He's going to be in Jackson as well. I love it, man. Yeah. We got Kane. Big Papa Pump, Jim Ross. We got uh, Sergeant Slaughter. It's going to be a great time uh, September 26th at the ballpark, which used to be, I, was, I saw it was Pringles Park, which is one of my favorite snacks on my treat day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, number five is Fabius Mula and Oh No. At 55 years, it's a tie. Fabius Mula, you're not going to believe this, superstar Bill Dundee. Wait a minute. You're right. He's still, he is. He's been in the business and long he's still time. You got to talk to him in the retiring too to pass him by. Well, I don't think I'll ever make that. Uh, that's fifty-five years. Number four at fifty-seven years, a tie between Johnny Saint and Bullet Barb Armstrong. Wow. Number three is I didn't realize this. I knew he's one of the. I mean, revered. Number three is Lou Fez at fifty-eight years. Oh man. Nineteen thirty-two to nineteen ninety, he wrestled. Yeah, I, I wrestled Lou. I, Lou, that was that was cool. You know, I got to wrestle Lou several times when he came. Oh, wow. I thought it was towards the end of his career, but apparently not. He was still 58 going. Fifty-eight years. 58. His last match was in nineteen ninety. He uh, was always dressed in the nines. I saw him in the locker room, and he always had a nice sports coat on. He was a class guy, man. I'm telling you. Oh my gosh, he was the biggest hands and the longest arms. Oh yeah, anybody that I've ever seen. I'll never forget Jim White and I. Early on in our career in the early 70s, uh, we got to wrestle a tag team match against Luthez and Pat O'Connor. And, and, the, oh, special, man. and the special referee was Jersey Joe Walcott, who used to be a world heavyweight champion boxer. Oh, yeah, Jersey Joe. Yeah, wow. So that was an, that was an unbelievable match that I remember with Luthez. I, I'll never forget. I, I, I went in. Luthez had, uh, had Jim covered. And I went in to make the save to kick him off, and I I, I knew I, I was I was like you in that in that match in Memphis. I was a nervous wreck. I went in to kick him off, and yeah. later on after the match, Jersey Joe Walcott said, "Hey kid, when you're going to kick Luthez, it looked like you were kicking a keg of dynamite." <laughs> so I guess <laughs> I guess I just barely touched him, and I said, "Yes, sir," because that's what I thought I was kicking. <laughs> oh yeah, he was something else. Hey, number two. I uh, never get this. Uh, Gypsy Joe. Oh my God! He wrestled well, from 1951 to 2011. 
<clears throat> Gypsy Joe was, if I got the story like you had about me, if it hadn't been for Gypsy Joe, I would have never become a wrestler. I, he was one of my, when I was, really? me, me and my dad were going to the matches every Monday night at the Ellis Auditorium in, here in Memphis. And I was just in high school. And my favorite of all time, watching this guy every week, he was wrestling as a tag team. Him and Frank Martinez were the Blue Infernos. And I just, oh, wow. I love those guys. And that was, that's all I thought about. Once I saw those guys, I said, oh my gosh, I'd love to be a wrestler. I'd love to be a mask wrestler. I'd love to be a Blue Inferno like Gypsy Joe. And I didn't, of course, I didn't know at the time that it was Gypsy Joe. I, I, I did get to meet him uh, not long after that. And, and yeah, he was, he was one of my all-time favorites. Hey, uh, you were, weren't you DJing for a while right before you got into wrestling? I did, yeah. I was, I was a disc jockey. And you know what? It's oh, funny. See, that's where you got the gift of gab. There you go. You were a natural already even before you started wrestling. Well, it's, it's funny. I, I'm going to try to get back with this guy, uh, in October up in New York, but the guy that got me started in, 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 uh, music and being a DJ, he's, he's celebrating more than 50 years. He's still the number one DJ in New York City. His name is Scott Shannon. A lot of people, he's, he's got a syndicated, a syndicated radio show. So he's been in, he's been in radio probably, probably about, uh, 55 or anyway, more years than oh, I've yeah, been. Yeah, he's a broadcasting legend. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, All right, Gypsy Joe was how many years? 59? Uh, 60 years. Oh, God. 51 to 2011. And who's number one? Drum roll, please. <laughs> there it is. It is May Young. Oh. oh my gosh! Who wasn't so young when she finished? She wrestled from. She wrestled for seventy years. Seventy. And she wrestled from nineteen forty to twenty ten. Unbelievable! You got some work to do, yeah. King. Hey, May Young her was last. Her last match was twenty ten. A two on one no GQ handicap match against Cool and Layla in WWE. Isn't that amazing? I, I remember. Listen, I remember we brought we brought May Young into Memphis uh, once. I this had to be in uh, right after right after I'd gotten started there in the WWE. Uh, we brought May Young into Memphis to be, uh, let's see, what was it? Stan, um, Stasiak. Stasiak. Stan Sh- Stan oh, yeah. Stasiak. Stan. It's not easy to say. Stan but Sean Stasiak, yes. And, uh, son of Stan the Man Stasiak. We brought Sean into Memphis and uh, he was, he was, you know, he was part of the, the WWE developmental guys that came down to Memphis to work just like you did in that match. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so we had Sean down there. And we had Sean uh, t- trying to go after my my wife at the time, which was uh, the cat or Stacy. Uh, she was kind of just getting started, and and we had Sean going after her. So we did this old soap opera bit where we brought May Young in as Sean's mother, and 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 he was he brought we brought her in and on the show. And, and, and she played this, she was fantastic. I mean, you know, Sean, Sean was like, Sean said, Mom, I got this new girlfriend. She's from Tennessee and I want you to come down here and meet her. So Mae Young shows up on the show as Sean's mother 
And of course, when we brought uh, Stacy out there to meet his mother, she was like, "She's a trailer park trash, and what are you doing, my? You know." So it started, it started this great uh, rivalry that was that, that went on for weeks and everything. But I'll never forget the first time we had her down there. We were driving. We did TV that morning, and then we drove over to Jonesboro, Arkansas. Which you, uh, I don't know if you ever worked Jonesboro. We went over to Jonesboro. Oh yeah. We went over to Jonesboro that night, which was all our Saturday night gig after TV. Mm-hmm. And as we were passing through, May is riding with me and Stacy, and and I'll never forget we're passing downtown, going across the Arkansas Bridge, and and May looks over and says, "Oh my gosh, there's the Peabody Hotel." And I said, "Yeah," and she said, "Here's something you'll never believe." She said, "I was staying that I was staying in the Peabody Hotel the night World War II broke out." <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'll never forget that. I was. I said, "Are you serious?" He said, "Absolutely." And I just wrestled in wow. Memphis, and I was staying at the Peabody Hotel the night World War II broke out. So that had to be what December the December the seventh and what nineteen forty two. That's right. She was uh, already wrestling. Yeah, and 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 she told me that was that was one of the things that she used to talk about that I remember fondly about May. She said. I want to have a match on my 100th birthday. That was that was her goal in life to wrestle until she was a hundred, and I don't know. She almost made it. She almost made it. You're not kidding. She had her first tryout matches in 1939. It says here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she wrestled till 2010. That is unbelievable. Wow. So you see, Jerry, we're celebrating your 50, your longevity of 50 years, but. You're still just a little kid. You got a lot of years left, buddy. <laughs> well, you know what? Now I feel better about this show. Yeah. I, really do. I, I was I was feeling like <clears throat> I was almost a, ashamed to admit the fact that I've been around and in, in, in wrestling for 50 years. But now, with the when you mentioned this list of uh, all stars here that's ahead of me, I, 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 it makes me feel proud. Actually, you're just a little punk kid on that list, Cherry. <laughs> well, I guess you're right. Not those kids. Oh my goodness! That's May Young, Gypsy Joe, Lutez, Bob Armstrong, Bill Dundee, Fabulous Moolah, Dory Funk, Adrian Street, Mil Mascaras, Terry Funk. That what? What a list! What a what a. What you a, are among quite the list of luminaries now. Man, you're not kidding. That's that's Terry the King Lawler. <laughs> well, Lick, I'm so glad you did. You, you've done. You did something for this show and, and for me that I I would have never even thought about doing. That you Googled that and found out who's been in. Jerry, the long time. I was when I looked at that list. I was fascinated. I just did it for, on a whim. I'd never done that in my entire life. I was like, wow! It just like blew me away. I was fascinated by it. Well, I'm fascinated right now. I've written it down over here. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look it up and, and read all about it. Well, I don't have to read about it anyway. I've wrestled almost every single one of them. So, uh, that is incredible. I think wow. I have, I think I have wrestled every single one of them. That is amazing. You've had an amazing career, which brings us back to the Jackson, Tennessee at the ballpark, September 26th. That's going to be a great event. I heard that's quite the facility. It is. It's a beautiful ballpark. It's a, it looks like it looks like a major league baseball stadium. It's called the ballpark. And Jack, you're right. It used to be called Pringles Park, and it's been the uh, it's been the minor league home of uh, I think right now uh, the Jackson Generals play there, and they're the Seattle Mariners uh, farm club. 
but it used to be the Minnesota Twins Farm Club. But it's uh, it's it's a great facility, and we're going to be able to. We may we're we're talking now already. I think that I think they uh, uh, they said you know it's going to be you're going to have to be some social distancing and mask worn that sort of right. stuff but outdoors it, it, which is good yeah it's yeah. going to be outdoors which is going to be great uh and i think by the time september 26 rolls around they're probably going to be able to up the attendance i'm hoping to 3000 fans right now it's at oh, okay. almost wow. 2000 so uh uh and and the tickets are almost all sold out already and and it, it's it's going to be an unbelievable night I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't seen you in a long time, Jerry, and um, seeing the rest of the guys and the fans there, that's going to be, that's going to be a, a really exciting event. I am really looking forward to it. I'm so honored to be there, Jerry. I really am. Well, Lex, th- my gosh, thank you so much for being there. And, uh, um, I mean, we can, let's, 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 let's continue on because there are a lot of people. I mean, I'm, I'm one of them. A lot of people wonder – you know where you've been, what you've been doing, what's your what's a what's a typical day like now for Lex Luger, and and um, you know what 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 have you been doing since? Oh gosh, like I said, uh, the last time I saw you and last time we actually spoke, I believe was I don't remember how long ago, but it's at a at a, a Comic Con or one of those conventions. Yeah, brief just for a brief because we're both busy doing what we were doing there. Just kind of a hello and how you do and that kind of thing. Yeah, but uh, these days I'm like everybody with uh, uh, the temporary COVID, hopefully temporary, very temporary COVID. We're doing everything on Zoom, and and I'm glad we're going to be start doing some of these live events like September 26th again. I, I miss doing the live events. It's, it's just not the same doing the, everything by virtual. And uh, I've been doing some of that, and I also uh, I, I'm a, I I am now talk about from a from a Hard as stone atheist. I'm I'm an I'm an ordained minister now, Jerry. I'm an evangelist. <laughs> oh, kidding? So, yeah. So I normally I, on weekends and stuff I do a lot of that. I didn't get to interact with a lot of the guys in the past number of years. So I normally uh, speaking at churches and and faith based events on weekends. And um, uh, I love being able to do some of the wrestling events here and there. I mix them in, but normally non COVID, I'm usually travel. I'm usually a at home with, uh, I'm looking after my mom, who I'm so thankful is still here. She's uh, 87 years old and precious uh-huh. time with mom. And then during the weekend, on the weekends, I usually was traveling, usually doing some kind of a faith-based event usually, and then mixing in some of the wrestling, like, for instance, on September 26th. Uh, that keeps me uh, just be- as busy as I'd like to be these days. So yeah, I, my health is real good. I know people always ask me about my health because I had that spinal cord injury, but I'm um, um, I use assistive devices most of the time for safety, but I can, I, God's done a miracle in that. I was never supposed to be able to, you know, do anything from the neck down. I can scan and walk and, and live independently. So, uh, life is really good. I'm very, very thankful, Jerry. Thank yeah, you. For that, that is, that is amazing. What year, yeah. uh, what year did you, did you have the, the neck injury? Like for, for a while, I mean, you were, you were completely paralyzed, weren't you? And a lot of people thought that oh, that's... Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that was the prognosis from all the top neurologists that I'd be in a, a, one of those power chairs and have really no, no function from the neck down. So to be able to drive and um, on my own my own car with no assistive devices on my car and do what I do, yeah, that was back in 08. And wow. uh, my, reco- my recovery, although not full, uh, my partial recovery defies... What all doctors thought would ever have been possible, they believe it's a miracle as well. So, um, God is good. 
Well, you're, you're exactly right. That's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, that's, that's, a, that's maybe the comeback story of a lifetime. Well, maybe, uh, maybe the one where I died on TV and I came back. I was about back. to say, you got one that's up there. <laughs> so you're right. We both, both have had some near misses and you're right. God is yeah. certainly good. And, uh, and the prayers and everything from I, I know, you know, that was one of the things that that when after, uh, you know, I had the cardiac arrest and everything, uh, it, it was amazing of how many people I heard from it, how many people said told me these these heartfelt stories of, you know, how they were, how it affected them and how they were praying for me. I even had people tell me that, you know, that night when they went after they took me off the TV, that people said, I, I, some person told me that I went and got down on my hands and knees and put my hands on the, on the television screen and, and was, mm-hmm. and was praying out loud and sort of stuff. And I know you, you had the same situation because, uh, you know, the fans and, and the people's prayers are, were so powerful for you and I. Absolutely. So powerful. And, um, I really, really believe, uh, you've been through some things as well. And, and God moves us on through it and to the other side of it, and we're thankful, and we're thankful for all the – because we got a – man, wrestling fans are the greatest. Uh, Jerry, I know you'll agree. And, uh, boy, when there's there some real prayer warriors out there. When something happens to one of us, it's, it's, we're really like a family. I didn't realize at the time I wrestled I was a different kind of guy back then, more just focused on me. But now that I've got a whole new perspective on life and on, on the wrestling business, I'm like a, I like to become a huge wrestling fan now. And uh, uh, we're like a family, and when something that happens to one of us, the comfort they give us and the prayers, and it's 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 very uh, uplifting, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt, it's it's absolutely amazing, and it's something like you said that while we're while we're doing this and while we're in this business, it's something that it's so easy to take for granted. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you you get to a point that you're so. Uh, focused and so have such tunnel vision on what you're doing and the matches and your own career that it's easy to it's easy to um, I don't know kind of block the fans out and and sometimes it's almost like the fans become a distraction but we should you need to remind and we both need to remind all these young wrestlers all these superstars of today don't ever let that happen always be cognizant of the fans and and that's that's one of the things that I I can remember I've had people ask me. Uh, throughout my career, and especially the early days before I got to the WWE, that was um, people would say things like, you know, what were you thinking during a match? And 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 I would I would always answer, and this was the truth. I was always thinking about what the fans were liking or what they mm. weren't thinking about the match. And 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 I think if you ever go, if if these young guys go through a match thinking uh, what the fans are going to like or what they are enjoying about the match or whatever, it, it's you're, you're always going to have a good match. You know, as a, as a to punctuate what my agreement with that, Jerry, I I used to go to the Madison Square Garden. I was with WWE, and I always saw Vince standing at the curtain. And I found out his, he told me, he's, I go, why do you always stand at the curtain? You're watching all the match. He goes, well, uh, I like to watch the match. My dad always stood here and goes, I like to gauge the crowd. He was sure. all about the fans. When guys walk to and from the ring, I want to see how the crowd reacts and responds to them. And then I saw Rick Flair doing the same thing when I broke in with the Horsemen. Back in the late 80s, and Rick always watched earlier matches, and I'm, you know, I'm brand new. I don't know anything. I asked Rick, why do you always stand out here and hang out in the locker room while us? You're out here watching the matches. Rick goes, I want to see what the fans, remember what the guys in the earlier matches are doing, so I don't repeat it necessarily, but he says, I like to gauge what the crowd's 
buying into. He said, I'd like to see what they're buying tonight. Sure. What's the temp- the temperament of the crowd? Because I like to take the temperature of the crowd. He said. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you're not you didn't mm-hmm. you, you're not going to get any better advice from uh, any better superstar than Ric Flair. I mean, he was always amazing, and and you're right. That was that that's uh, that was so important, and and it's something that really a lot of a lot of stars or a lot of uh, young wrestlers haven't learned to, to do that yet. But that's that's so important. So so good. Don't ever forget the fans. That's right. The How, psychology of the match itself, like you come back to the same city, sometimes they're in a different mood that night. They want to see something different. You have to be able to adjust because we're there for them. I mean, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have a career in wrestling because they're the ones who watch us and really make things go around. I had, a, I had it backwards. I thought they were there for me instead of us being for, there for them a good part of my career. So I had, a, I had it all backwards. It's a miracle I made, made a living at it. <laughs> Well, you know what? It's it's funny. Once you once again, you say uh, God has a plan for everything and everybody, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you were that was that was part of His plan for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, man, listen. I'm glad, I'm glad He gives us a different perspective on things. It puts, it puts us in. Uh, he's put me in a much better place. Well, listen, Lex. I have certainly enjoyed having you here today. I, I mean, you have you have. Uh, you have made. I've, I've had a smile on my face during this entire podcast, and I, I have too. I've been laughing and smiling. I've I've had great fun, Jerry. I really look forward to seeing you on the twenty sixth uh, and uh, September twenty sixth. That's going to be a great event. I'm so glad to be be a part of the Jerry. Well, we are so certainly glad to have you there once again, Lex Luger. Everybody, you can see him in person. Come and meet the guy. Get autographed. Take pictures with him. Everything there. Uh, at the ballpark in Jackson, Tennessee, on September 26th, Saturday, September 26th, and uh, Lex, uh, as, as soon as I get there, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hunt you down and give you a big hug, okay? Man, I can't wait. So, uh, Jerry, Sean, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. It's a real pleasure. All right, thanks so much, Lex. Thank you so much. All right, bye bye. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, KingJerryLawler.com and Twitter is at Jerry Lawler. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we'll talk to everybody next week.